Okay, um, a reading from Colossians 3. You might want to turn to it. You, you don't have to. We're reading the first four verses and then 12 to 17 of Colossians chapter 3. Entitled on the screen, He is Your Life. Uh, my version here from the NIV UK, Living as Those Made Alive in Christ. Colossians 3.1 since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life, one of the most beautiful verses of scripture, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Beautiful. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion. Jackie. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all, another beautiful verse, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ love Dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wonderful passage of scripture simply wonderful and suitable for this context of looking back um, on the past year and thinking ahead to the coming year how about we each resolve at the beginning of 2020 to say i'm going to live as one who has been made alive in christ i'm going to live as one who puts love above everything else because my life is now hidden with Christ in God and Christ's message is love. My apologies if you have already read the article in the Village magazines um, for January because this is basically a, a variation of that. I wonder what the year ahead has in store for us. Now I recognise that that is a, a layered question. There's things that will happen this year that will affect us personally and affect no one else. There's things that will happen the year ahead that will affect families, that will affect us as a local church. There's things that will happen in the year ahead that will affect our communities. There's things that will happen in the year ahead that will affect our nation, for good or ill. Incidentally, I wrote this on the 11th of December, a day before the general election. And the things that will happen this year will, that will shake the whole world and affect the whole world, again, for the good and the bad. 
So it's a big question to say, I wonder what the year ahead has in store. And what I've started doing quite is, is I find it really hard to answer the question, so how are things, Alan? How are things? Um, how, how's things going then? Because maybe I just overthink, I know I overthink things. But I can't tell you if things are okay, because some things aren't. Now, some things are great and some things are terrible. Um, I mean, maybe I should just be a bit more, anyway, I don't know. But I find it hard to answer questions like, so what's the year ahead got in store, or how are things? Well, some things are great. It's awful got the doctors, so how are things? Well, I wouldn't be here if everything was great, would I? But <laughs> I, <laughs> maybe I should just switch my brain off sometimes. I'm increasingly aware of the mystery in life and the tensions that we hold in life. The grey areas that are in life, the things that aren't black and white, aren't so clear. Say, God, where are you here? I've been writing articles in the Village magazine entitled Living the Questions. I grew up in a church environment. My mum might heckle here and might argue with me, but I th- I, I, a wonderful church environment. I have the biblical uh, foundation I've got because of that church environment, that teaching. I have um, you know, a huge lot of respect for the pastor of that church who brought me up and those who led the uni- the boys brigade and the youth people's groups who brought me up. Huge amount of respect. But it's fair to say, I think, argue with me later if you want, Mum, but I'm going out at three. Um, it was a church environment which was very good at giving you a nice, clear, neat answer for some of these very complicated things in Scripture and in life. This is right, this is wrong. And, and, I, and I think if there's one thing that's changed about my theology over the years, it's embracing the tension, embracing the grey areas, being happy with not having a nice, neat answer for some things in the Bible and for some things in life. Because some things in life and some things in the Bible are more complicated than we would, like, than we would maybe initially think or like to think. Living the questions. One of the things we're all aware of in life, even if we choose not to be involved in it, is the, the huge number of constant and instant distractions that there are in life. Technology, devices, social media, I would have quite liked the young people to be in for this little message, I think, but they're not. It's okay. I'll maybe make it compulsory listening um, on their devices <laughs> after the service. In the world of constant and instant distractions, and the irony is, quite honestly, as I was typing this on the 11th of December, a message came in on my laptop when I was typing it and distracted me from my train of thought in what I was doing right in this article. In a world of constant and instant distractions, how present am I to what is happening right here and right now? We talk about being present. You know, a teacher takes a register, uh, well, they used to. I think they do it in a different way now. Brand, present, here, miss. No, I'm not here, if you wanted to try and be funny. Um, Yeah, they take a register, particularly that you're present. But you know, if you're anything like me, you will know that at times you are there physically, but you're... Mind is somewhere else. You're, you're not f- what I call, others call, f- fully present in that situation. 
In a world of constant and instant distractions, how present am I to what is happening right here and right now? Am I even here at all? I try, but often fail to be fully present when with another person or when doing something. Why? Because it reflects the value of the person or the task or the opportunity that's put in your path. Everybody is made in the image of God. Everybody is made and displays the image of God. Allow that to challenge your thoughts when you think about some people that are horrible to you. Some people that uh, we've seen on the, in the headlines this past year. Everybody bears the image of God. It might be marred, but it is in me as well. Let us make man and woman in our image, says God, together, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, having a bit of a creation conversation. Let us make them in our image, and they made them in their image. Every one. Who are we to deem some more worthy than others? Every situation is an opportunity to shine for Jesus. How dare we miss those opportunities when they come? Someone once said, speak in a way that others will want to listen to you. And listen in a way that others will want to speak to you. I like that. John Wesley said, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. I like that as well. Mother Teresa said, people are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. People will try to con you. Succeed anyway. If you're honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. When you spend years creating, others can destroy it overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. She says, in the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. So I'm really going to work this year on being fully present. Whoever I'm talking to, whenever I'm talking to them, whenever, wherever I am, and whatever the opportunity that is in my path, being fully present. I don't want to waste time for God I know I'm not old, but I know I'm not young either. And I want to live a life that's significant for him. No, I'm not old, but part of my nature 
And part of the nature of church ministry, you know, where you, we've moved so much in, our, in, our, in my ministry with cycles of funding and things like that. Um, every three years, for about 15 years, we've moved jobs. And it's been hard. This is the longest time I've been anywhere in my professional life so far. So you start to think about how long, and hear me, I, I, I want to be here. Desperately want to be here. There's absolutely nothing that's, that's moving us on a heart level from this place. We have a vision. We have dreams, which you'll hear about in the weeks to come. Um, but you do start to think, is there going to be another church in my career? Am I going to be renewed until I retire? Um, you think about the time it takes to move somewhere, start somewhere new. It's the last thing that we want to do. But wanting to have time to be able to build things that God puts on your heart in different places. Um, I, I, I want to live a significant life. I want to have a significant ministry. Not so I can say, so they can say at my funeral, oh, what a significant ministry Alan had. But because I want to bring glory to God through my full presence in everything and for everyone. I'm going to switch off my phone and my digital devices for at least one day a week this year. My children will not be able to see on my family day Dad wasn't available because he was on his phone. He was checking whatever. He was seeing what was happening around the world. He's not, they're not going to be able to say that because when it's designate, my designated time with them on a Saturday, the phone won't be in my hand. As a pastor, if I'm needed in an emergency on those days, you can get me on the landline. You know, leave a me- we'll, we'll, we won't ad- ignore any emergencies. But on my family day, I won't be needlessly using my electronic digital devices. I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm saying they can be a distraction for me, and I'm not going to let them be. What can you do? to be more fully present to those around you. You know, I'm not telling you, I can't tell you. What is it that has a tendency to distract you from those around you? It might be for, the, for many of us, the mobile phone isn't the, quest, isn't the issue. But I've seen so many people, not so much here as we used to see in the North. There was a sign on some church and school, school playgrounds in the North saying, put your phone in your pocket, look at your child, not your phone. Because we used to see so many people walking home from school, doing this, planning their night out or whatever they were doing, and, and the children are, are running behind, just desperate for attention from their person who's collected them. And it was heartbreaking, actually, to see. But I'm as guilty as anyone in being distracted. Dad, can I just show you this? I'm sorry I'm busy at the moment. I'll be there in a minute, which becomes an hour, which becomes two. I'm going to do as much as I can to cut that out. Because I don't want my children saying of me, he was more bothered about anything than me. How does that challenge you? What is it that comes to your mind when you talk about, when I talk about distractions? Commit yourself to being fully present with those around you. Second thing, second question that I was living with and sharing with the, with the readers of the village magazines this, this coming month. How critical are you? It is so easy to be critical of what's going on around us. 
critical of, it might be at work, it might be at home, it might be at church, it might be in the community, it might be in society in general. Most people, I won't say everyone, but most people are very good at being able to point out what is wrong with the world or an aspect of the world. What you would change about the way we do church on a Sunday morning. What you would change about that person in your family. What you would change about that situation in the community. How you would do something that someone else has done in a different way. Now, we're all so very good at being critical. I said we're all. Many of us are so very good. Grumbling about the shortfalls to anyone who listen. It's much harder but much more impressive to be a person of blessing and to be an agent of transformation marked by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The nine characteristics that the Bible says are evidence of a life lived in the Spirit of God. Be encouraging. The world has enough critics. I do want to say that offering a critique is not always wrong. I welcome critique. There's a way of offering a critique. We don't grow, we're not moulded as people if we're not open to criticism. It's really important how how that is brought into a situation. We know that any of us involved in mentoring people or in discipling people or in, or in developing people's gifts and, and, and skills, um, we know there's a way of bringing constructive criticism into a, into a process, largely in a very big encouragement sandwich. These days, I think they say three encouragements for every point of criticism. Certainly the kind of model in schools, I believe, and in discipleship. Three positive encouraging things for every, every criticism you bring. Um, but I would suggest that being known as a critical person is not a legacy that I would want to leave behind. Often as a leader, you are so aware of things that can be improved. Maybe even think you know how they could be improved. You can see the shortcomings and areas for improvement, but how those things are communicated are so important. Never put an issue or a situation before a person, before the person involved. Never. The person first. Think about the person. Listen to the person or people. Consider them that you are being critical of. Your criticism may well be valid, or it may not. Others may share your perspective, or they may not. Some things have a greater significance than others. Like I said, I wrote this on the 11th of December before a very significant moment in our national calendar and global in many ways. The result of that did not go the way that I wanted it to go, the way I expected it to go, but absolutely not the way I wanted it to go. I don't often say things like that so strongly in church, because I think there's an element in which I ought to be seen to be, but, but I can't. Some things have a greater significance than others. But the way we conduct ourselves, 
our values and our character have the potential to transform situations and lives. Let us be loving, joyful, peaceful, kind, generous, faithful, gentle and self-controlled people. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. I'm going to work on that as well. Because I want to live a life which is evidenced as life lived in the Spirit of God. Next week, we're going to have a covenant service. We're going to have a, um, we're going to share the covenant that was shared at my um, induction service here. Um, and we're going to commit ourselves to the church family and to one another again. Um, we're going to have a, a creative way of showing our involvement in the church family and our, our, um, commitment to the church family. I'm doing that because we're going to put our thumbprint on a canvas, which is going to have the church logo on it, just representing the different people that form part of Renew Church. If you count Renew Church as your church family, then I want to see your thumbprint on this, this piece of artwork we're going to have next week that, that reminds us of all the people who are in covenant with us as the church family. Many people won't be here next week, but, but um, or some people won't be here next week. We'll keep that rolling over the month. So through the month of January, we're going to be thinking about what does it mean to be a people called by Jesus? What does it mean to be a church? We're going to look at the different characteristics of the people God has called us to be. Prophetic. Inclusive. Sacrificial. Missionary. And worshipful. That's our little mini, mini sermon series coming starting next week where Peter's going to be sharing about what it means practically what it means to be a prophetic people. One of the five characteristics of a, of a church, of, of what a people of God is called to be. I'm going to pause there. Two things I want to mention. Um, on Christmas Day, we took an offering for Open Doors. Um, and a very moving service on Christmas Day where we watched some experience of people in deeply traumatic situations still having hope and joy in Jesus Christ because he came and he's with them, Emmanuel. We shared about the tension of how it's difficult sometimes to really live these Advent themes when, when we're going through hard times but Christ in the middle gives us peace, hope, joy and love always. If you want to to give to the work of Open Doors, who work around the globe in the most difficult places to work with Christians, where it's most difficult to be a Christian, you face death in many of those places. The number of places that are on the highly critical list for persecution has increased so much this past year or so. If you'd like to give to the work of Open Doors, please um, put it in the offering plate with um, marked in a little envelope for Open Doors or hand it to one of the leadership team to pass to Lorraine for Open Doors. Otherwise, it might just get absorbed in the normal offering. And we'll send that off at the end of the month after everyone's had a chance to give to that wonderful work. Last thing. I am blessed beyond belief to, to be able, thanks to my wife and family and the church, um, to be able to go to Mexico again, a trip that I've done so many times, but I've had five years without going, four years without going. Um, 
And the go- um, Keith and Tim and Gerard Smith, Louise's husband and I, are going to be going to Mexico in, in May to build a house for a family without a home. And, and the mission is called Father Figure. The heart of it is getting together a group of men, many but not all Christians, to share an experience together where we can, can work together to build a home for a homeless family. And also, we can spend some time reflecting together on what it means to be a man, what it means to be a father, what it means to be a man of God, what it means for God to be our father, what it means to be a child of God, and all that stuff. We're going to fly to Phoenix, Arizona. We're going to drive across the desert to, um, to the Puerto Penasco in Mexico. We're going to spend time camping in the desert, building a home in a really, really impoverished place and drive back to the Grand Canyon, have a debrief and a reflection around the Grand Canyon, just because all the emotions and all the experiences that we'll have to share and reflect on, and then come home again. Nine days together, which I think will be simply amazing. I dare to believe will be life-transforming, certainly for many who come. So pray for that. You'll be hearing loads about it. We need to raise the money to go for one. Um, and we need, we'll need your prayers in that, and your help in that process as much as you can. Um, but I'm not going to single anyone out for everyone who takes part in that process. Um, pray for them in the lead up while it's happening and when they come back. Not least for the family that will have a home, a safe, warm, dry, secure home that will enable their family to stay together. So as we look ahead to 2020, What is it that you know you need to try to remove from or or not have as a distraction to those that you you love and those you have around you? How can you limit the distractions so that you can be fully present? And will you commit with me to being an encourager, be a radiator rather than a drain? I want to, people to sit by me and chat and just to feel the warmth of the radiator. Not to sit by me and chat and be drained of all their life. Whatever it is for you, I pray God will give you the awareness and the grace to move forward in that. Amen. Let's rec- recognize that it is him that builds his kingdom and ask him to do just that right here. That's my prayer, is it yours? Lord of Lords, the name above every other name, the name to which every knee will bow, the one who will reconcile all things to himself, build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand, Heal our streets and land. Set our church on fire. Win this nation back. Change the atmosphere. Build your kingdom here. Will you join me in saying, Lord, 
use me, use me by your grace and mercy. In that process, I am available. Here I am, Lord. Send me, use me. Build your kingdom here, we pray. Amen.